imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Welcome to this week's episode of Lead Hership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage and bold leadership. We're so glad today to welcome Jen Bonifilio, Vice President of People for Tall Wave, who will be speaking to us about how to build strong, healthy, and high-performing teams. You know, great teams don't just happen. And as a leader, it's up to you to get people to work well together to produce great results. And of course, there's a direct correlation between team health and team performance. In really simple terms, healthy teams are high-performing teams. And high-performing teams start with good leadership. As a leader, your behavior is absolutely critical to creating a climate that minimizes burnout and ensures that your team is thriving. Not only do you need to make sure that you've picked the right team members and that you've set clear, smart goals, you also need to foster camaraderie and cooperation to hold people accountable for their performance. You have to address and correct bad behavior and keep your team focused and motivated. But perhaps most importantly, you also have to have the courage to build trust and extend trust by becoming vulnerable as a leader. You know, there is a growing body of research that suggests that cultivating healthy teams in the workplace leads to higher job satisfaction, lower turnover, and improved outcomes. So attracting and retaining top talent and then ensuring that employees can thrive in your organization has got to be a top priority for leaders all across the nation. A healthy team is one in which team members feel comfortable being themselves, asking questions, sharing ideas, and trusting that their coworkers are there for them, especially when they feel like they need support. A healthy team is one in which team members actually feel valued. They feel respected and safe. And the global pandemic, while only one small point in time, represents a critical moment for all leaders to pivot. You know, what has served leaders in the past in developing a high-performing, healthy, strong team will not necessarily serve them in the future of work. Now that we're managing remote teams, blended personal and professional lives, and a changing economy, that means that our toolkit needs to change too. So how do you know how to best support a team, assess the team's strengths and behaviors, and practice the requ- everything that's required to improve team's performance? Well, to help us is Jen Bonfilio, the Vice President of People at Tallwave, a leading customer design company bringing innovative ideas to life. We're so excited to have you, Jen. But before we jump right in, let me tell our listeners a little bit more about you. As Linda said, you're the Vice President of People at Tallwave, and you're leading customer, which is a leading customer experience design company, which is such an amazing thing right now, such a hot industry. At Tallwave, they believe experience is everything for both their employees and their clients. And Jen is responsible for creating a truly differentiated employee experience that drives engagement, 
connectedness, and ultimately employee retention. Prior to joining TallWave, Jen held HR and operations leadership roles at Massage MV Franchising, PetSmart, and Guest. The common thread in her diverse experience is her belief in the inseparable relationship between employee experience and customer experience. Jen blends traditional HR leadership with business leadership to empower organizations to be intentional about taking care of their employees so in turn, they take care of their customers. So Jen, we are so thrilled to have you today. Thank you so much for having me as well. Looking forward to talking about one of my favorite topics, all about leading high-performing, exceptional teams and more important today than ever before. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, you are so right. It is so critical today, now more than ever. And so we're totally excited about jumping right in. Why don't you start by just sharing with our listeners a little bit about what has driven you to have such a passion around creating strong, healthy, high-performing teams? Absolutely. Um, You know, learning firsthand over the course of the last 20 years of my career, um, I've been in some form of leadership um, from the very beginning, the front lines of retail and all the chaos that comes with that to large matrix corporate organizations that have its own unique challenges um, and, and in startups as well. And I think, you know, across all these different types of businesses and types of organizations that I've worked in, the most consistent thread that kind of goes through all of them is that um, it's the people, right? It's the people, it's the employees that will make or break your business at the end of the day. doesn't matter what you sell. doesn't matter what product or service you're providing. It doesn't matter how large or small your organization is. Um, The consistent thread is that a highly engaged team is going to tie back to your, your highly productive business results. And the way in which we get that highly engaged team isn't that much of a secret recipe in that it's really about having an intentional purpose-driven leader that's guiding a team to drive the level of performance and success that we're looking for. So what are some of the characteristics that you think are common among strong, healthy, and high-performing teams? You know, I think, um, again, regardless of the type of team or the type of function that you're leading, it really starts with clear vision and goals. You know, every team needs to know what the end goal is for themselves individually, but also as a team and how it's connecting to the larger goal of the organization. That's the purpose part. What's my role in being able to make the organization be successful? We all want to be on a winning team. Nobody comes to work with the goal of being unsuccessful. We all want to win. And where the challenges come is when you you sign up with for an organization, you onboard, you get into your seat, and then you're not really clear what success looks like or what good looks like, how you can contribute to the overall organizational goal. So as a leader, when you align a team around a common goal that's reasonable and achievable, those are two important things, right? Not a pie in the sky goal that is not attainable, but rather one that's reasonable and achievable. You typically get that productivity boost, that engagement, that um, that drive towards the goal together. Um, but it's not a one and done. You can't whatever it might be that helps you sort of recharge and refresh. Um, after, you know, what I'm sure will always be a busy week before and the breeze. And the following week, we come together as an entire team, an entire organization to do what we call Unite. And during that, and during that time together, we really focus on, okay, what were some of the ahas that we had last week when we had our time to recharge and refresh and renew? 
And more importantly, what are our sites? What are we setting our sites on for the next quarter? What's our focus for the next quarter? What are the things that we're going to accomplish together in the next quarter? And so those two things combined, taking a moment to breathe and then really resetting clear expectations and a near-term goal over the next 90 days, what are we going to accomplish together has been very helpful for us. Um, the other tactic and one that I'm, you're seeing a lot of organizations um, pay more attention to now, especially since we're working remotely more often, um, is meetings. You know, meetings can be the killer of productivity and morale, frankly. Um, and so, you know, in a, in a remote work or dispersed workforce um, world, meetings and Zoom calls are, are the ways in which we get things done these days. Um, but they can also create a level of fatigue that's not good for your, your business results, for productivity and engagement of your team. Um, so we've played around in a couple of different ways with how do we create space in, in our um, meeting cadence. So whether it's, you know, deeming an entire week, no internal meeting week so that we can really have some strategic time um, at all levels. Oh, I see the class on that. Yep. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? Um, whether it's, you know, uh, on a Monday or on a Friday, clearing out some time for, you know, strategic planning, um, thoughtful planning of what your next week or month is going to look like. We're continuing to tweak and kind of play, play around with that to be able to get, achieve the, the goal of um, creating space and making sure that, well, first and foremost, we're having productive meetings, but, but secondarily that we're really um, taking that intentional time to allow our teams to breathe. I would say that's one big insight that we've taken away and kind of learned the hard way in, in many circumstances. The other piece that's a little bit more difficult to solve is that no matter where you're working, whether you're in an office together or you're dispersed throughout the country, connecting with the people you work with is still really important. It doesn't matter what, what type of business you're working in um, or where you're physically sitting for your job every day. It's important to have a connection with those that you work with. And that connection is what fuels collaboration and support and problem solving and all the things that keep our businesses moving forward. And so oftentimes you, you hear, and sometimes it can be difficult to, to get the buy-in of senior leaders to say like, hey, let's take some time to just team build or spend some quality time together because it doesn't feel like it's necessarily an on the business task. But the reality is these relationships with the relationships that are built help every other piece of the business flow more smoothly. Um, so some of the things that we've been thinking about, you know, obviously a lot of companies are innovating now with how they're getting their teams together, particularly virtually. And so we, we are happy to try all the new things that have come out. And um, one of the things that we did most recently was a virtual escape room. So I'm sure you're familiar with an escape room where you've got to solve puzzles and riddles in order to get yourself out. Um, very similar, except for our entire team, we were able to bring into groups. Um, put us in virtual breakout rooms uh, with the same type of clues and riddles, having to work collaboratively as a team. Also, that really competitive um, component because we're competing against each other, which is really fun. So, other types of um, typical in-person team building for going virtual. So, definitely recommend checking those out. And you know, certainly um, everybody is probably doing large group um, team building type things, uh, happy hours, and things of that nature. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's still delivering the magic of having some fun together. And um, I would encourage folks to continue to think about that. We're also thinking about how we get together in person differently. Um, rather than meeting up in a coffee shop, which might not be um, doable in this moment, could we meet up in a park? Could we meet up somewhere in larger space to still be able to see the whites of each other's eyes and have a good conversation um, while, while doing it in a way that we feel comfortable? So just a couple of things. I think, you know, connecting, connecting is 
overly important, regardless of how you're operating and really thinking about that intentional opportunity for oxygen for your team, so that the, the routine and the day-to-day um, is, is not overcoming the innovation and the opportunity to continue to grow. That's great. So Jen, how can a leader ensure that they're building and reinforcing a healthy team culture? So it's one thing to create a strong team and to sort of, you know, jump out of the gates with uh, a lot of energy and enthusiasm, but how can you continue to reinforce that healthy team culture and that strong performance? Yeah, it's a, it's a never ending uh, process, right? Um, it's none, nothing about leadership is one and done. You're always reinforcing, you're always continuing to, 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 um, build that muscle for your team and for you as a leader. And so I think when it comes to reinforcing that healthy team culture, um, communication is really key as a leader, no matter how big or small your team is, um, what everybody wants consistently is to know what's going on, to know what, where we're headed next and to know, um, what, you know, what they can do to contribute to the overall cause. And so particularly in a year where we have had a lot of uh, twists and turns and changes and, and things um, and in business in general these days, things are moving faster than ever. Communication as a leader is so key to ensure that you're bringing your team along in whatever twists and turns your business is taking or the world happens to be taking at any given time. Um, and I think coupled along with that, one of the most um, probably underutilized values of a leader that has been put a a huge spotlight on this year in particular is empathy and vulnerability as a leader. Um, You know, people work for people. We've heard that adage for forever, but it's, I think, more important today and in the future than it ever has been before. People are looking for authentic, real leaders that they can get behind, work around, that actually care about them as human beings. And so, you know, really working that, that, value of empathy as a leader is important. Um, We don't always have the answers as leaders. We don't always know exactly what's coming next, but we can be real. We can be honest. We can be authentic. We can use our team to help us find solutions and answers. Um, And we can, you know, as as our worlds continue to blend um, more so than they ever have before, personal and work, we can continue to be tuned in to what might be sitting on the other side of that computer screen from us with regards to our team members, knowing the weight on their shoulders that they might be bearing above and beyond our work world. We can't solve those things and it's not our job as leaders to solve those things, but we absolutely can be empathetic and understanding as, and, and um, it's an important part of employee retention in this moment in time. I want to switch gears for a second to talk about, you know, what happens when you're in a team that's not so highly functional or you're in a dysfunctional or toxic team. But if you find yourself on a dysfunctional or toxic team right now, you know, that's certainly plausible with all the stress of the pandemic and, you know, the sort of the, the, the challenges that some businesses and industries are having. But Jen, can you give our listeners some practical tips for, you know, what can they do like from where they sit to like change that dynamic or feel like they're taking more control to positively impact their work environment? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I've certainly been in a circumstance where I inherited a toxic team, right? And oftentimes as leaders, you're brought in to make a change in an organization. So it's not uncommon that you're coming in, maybe it's not all the way to dysfunctional, but it might not be healthy. And so you've got to sort of make a, make a shift there, a cultural shift on a team. And that's not easily done because you're not, you're not shifting a strategy, you're shifting human beings, which takes a lot of influence and work and effort. 
Um, the one thing that I, I really stand behind is that a toxic workplace only exists if as leaders, we allow it. So something in the way that we are behaving and obviously not the case if you inherited it, but the way that we got to where it is today was because at some point along the way, the leader said, this is acceptable behavior. Maybe I don't want to address it. It's uncomfortable. I, I, I'm not sure how to address it. And so we just let it ride. And so if you're stepping into that, or perhaps even if it's happened kind of under your nose without you realizing it, and all of a sudden you wake up one day and go, how did I get here? Um, one, a couple of sort of assessment questions I would, I would encourage you to think about is you, know, start, you really got to start by figuring out what's the root cause of the dysfunction. There's many different ways in which it can manifest itself, but why is it happening? Are there performance goals set for the team? Do they understand what their role is, right? Um, do they understand how their work is connected to the larger purpose of the organization? Um, are you recognizing successes? And do they feel like their efforts are being um, noticed and recognized? Are you praising the progress if, if you're not making big leaps and strides right now? But then more importantly, when you see those behaviors that are detrimental or dysfunctional in nature, right? Are you holding those team members accountable for that are, that are um, not meeting performance goals or displaying those dysfunctional behaviors? Because if you're not, you're sending a signal to the rest of the team that this is okay. The culture that's being created, the, um, the way in which we're, we're talking to each other or doing the work is, is acceptable. And that's, that's obviously the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish. So in those circumstances, when you get to the root cause and you say, okay, well, you know what? It's been unchecked for too long. That's the root cause. Let's, let's say that's our issue. There's an opportunity then perhaps to do a reset. It's sort of drawing a line in the sand to say, this is what it was before. And this is where we've been up to this point. But is anybody really feeling good about where we are and where we're headed in the future? No. So this is our opportunity to sort of reset as a team and start fresh. And so it's a point in time where you're acknowledging where you are today and, and sharing the vision of where you want to be and enrolling that team to help you get there. So as a leader, always important not to set the full strategy on your own. Leave some room to solicit input from the team of from their perspective, what, what's working or what has worked in the past. And also, here's the defined opportunities that exist. What ideas do they have on where you go in the future? So that together, you have this sort of line in the sand, this point where you're all moving forward productively in the future. Not always that easy and that clean, obviously. But if you're doing that in conjunction with holding individuals accountable for those functional behaviors after that conversation, you'll get yourself on a much better path to a more functional um, team. That's great. All right. One bonus question for you, Jen. And uh, this is a question that we ask all of our guests. And I will tell you, we've received some of the most insightful, impactful, powerful responses. And I'm sure that you have some really, really um, impactful leadership advice for all of us as well. Jen, what is the one piece of advice that has made the biggest impact to your success that you'd like to share with others? No pressure on this response here. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, this is a, a lesson learned the hard way, as oftentimes the best advice is. Um, a lesson I've learned along the way a few times is that the very best way you can lead is to lead as your authentic self. Uh, there have been times, especially early in my career, where I had mentors or bosses that I looked up to that were successful. And so um, by nature, I tried to emulate the way in which they um, accomplished their success. 
Um, and the reality was, uh, it just, it's, it wasn't me. It wasn't my personality. It wasn't, um, it wasn't my thought process and how I would accomplish goals or, um, challenges that came up. And so, um, as I think about it now, the folks I was leading during that time, um, probably didn't feel like I was showing up as my full self every day because I wasn't. And so it was difficult for them to buy into me as a leader. So the lesson I learned over time is um, you can certainly emulate components of individuals, the way they accomplish things, um, the success that they get, but ensure that it's always rooted in your authentic self, the way that you are innately made up. There's, there's strength and goodness in all of us and leverage those strengths versus trying to constantly focus on the opportunities. This leader is better than me at X. This leader is better than me at Y. You could try to overdevelop yourself at nauseum, but it still won't get you the ROI that just leveraging your strengths will. And so over time, I've learned what I'm really good at and I maximize those things. And I have also recognized what I'm not so good at. And I continue to focus on surrounding myself with people who have strengths that are just not mine and allowing them to, to fill my gaps and to do those areas of the business or leadership that um, better than I probably would if I, if I tried to do it. So um, don't try to be anything that you're not. Lead with your authentic self. Be true to who you are and focus on yourself. That's amazing. Um, such, such great advice. And I think something all of our listeners can take away with themselves today. So thank you so much for your time today. Loved learning about um, how to navigate through toxicity. Loved hearing about the strategies for you know, uh, managing and developing high performing teams in the pandemic. Now those practical tips, I think people can take away with them and just really appreciate. So I'm going to try some of those. I've never done a, a virtual escape room, but now I'm like interested to check it out. So I, I really appreciate your insight there and the time. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Jen, we appreciate your time and we invite all of our listeners to join us next week. Until then, have a lovely rest of your week. And again, thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for joining Leadership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage, claiming their power and embracing bold leadership. Join us each week as we talk to a collection of inspirational women changing the world and tackling the most pressing issues we're facing today as women and as leaders. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.